Welcome to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast. Whether you're a backyard gardener, a market gardener, or a small-scale farmer just starting out or a seasoned grower, this show is for you. Join us as we share tips and tricks, tactics and hacks to growing food for yourself, your family, and your community, as well as sharing stories here from the field and other growers and farmers making a difference in their local food webs. My name is Cody, and I will be your host, so let's get growing. All right, welcome back to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast. I'm excited to be back. This is our second episode in our companion planting series, and we're jumping right into season two here. So uh, season two is also going to consist of a few other series as well, but this episode is still going to be all about companion planting, and we've got, gosh, I don't know, seven or eight more episodes about companion planting that will be sprinkled out um, throughout a few of the other series as well. As the season continues and things start to warm up, it's the middle of March here in Michigan, and we just got dumped on uh, two nights ago with a whole bunch more snow. So we are not even close to being outside, but we are getting real close to starting some seeds and designing some uh, garden plans and consulting with some clients. So we are starting to dive right into the season. Um, But this episode is all about companion planning. As, As I mentioned in the first episode, I really believe that companion planting is probably the number one most underutilized strategy in gardening. Um, people eventually find it, but I think for me personally, it is the one thing that that really allowed me to up my game and maximize my space and my production. However, that being said, companion planting isn't all sunshine and roses, and if approached in the wrong manner, uh, it can definitely not go as planned (laughs) so this this episode is going to be all about companion planting gone wrong now because companion planting can be a great way to boost uh, your garden's health and your productivity but it's not always straightforward as it seems so in this episode we'll be exploring some common mistakes uh, that can arise when pairing plants and sharing some of the tips for avoiding them some of the mistakes that i've made personally for sure right here on the farm so you know they say that two heads are better than one (laughs) but that's not always the case uh, when it comes to companion planting in this episode we'll be discussing some of the most common companion planting mistakes and how they can lead to poor yields pest problems and all kinds of crazy stuff so now have you ever tried companion planting and ended up with a garden that just didn't quite work you're not alone Um, In this episode, we will be looking at some of the most common mistakes and offering advice on how to prevent them. So let's jump right into it because companion planting can be a topic um, that can be both challenging but super duper rewarding for for gardeners. Um, So if you didn't catch the first episode, companion planting is the practice of planting different crops in close proximity to each other. You know, for me, I run on 30 inch beds, so it'd be on the same bed. Um, when I'm talking about companion planting with the goal uh, to help obviously maximize the space um, but also to improve the soil health to, uh, to deter pests and to you know increase yields obviously there so that's the always been the big thing grow more food feed more people however not all combinations work well together and some can actually harm each other in this episode we're going to explore five plant combinations to avoid the issues they can cause, and then offer tips to hopefully successful companion planting for you in your garden. Now the first combination that you want to try to avoid are tomatoes and any member 
of the Nightshade family. Okay, and this would go for any of the members of the Nightshade family. You don't want to plant them um, together when you're thinking about companion planting. So that would be our first plant combination is to avoid tomatoes and members of the Nightshade family, such as your peppers and your eggplants. Uh, these plants are all susceptible to the same diseases and pests, including blight and flea beetles, and planting them together can create a breeding ground for these problems. Now tomatoes are also heavy feeders and deplete the soil of the nutrients, which can harm the peppers and the eggplants. This can result in stunted growth, decreased yields, and the need for more fertilizer and pest control measures. To avoid these issues, it's really best to plant tomatoes, peppers, and eggplants uh, separately or with other plants that actually complement their growth habits and their soil needs. For example, tomatoes do well with basil, marigolds, and carrots, while peppers can benefit from beans, spinach, and lettuce. By choosing compatible companions, you can enhance your garden's health and diversity and reduce the need for chemicals and fertilizers. Um, out here, that's we don't use we don't use synthetic chemicals and food fertilizers at all. Um, no matter what, if we're going to lose a crop because of pests and disease, I guess we lose the crop. Um, and that's just how we do things here, uh, for sure. There are other ways to deter, and companion planting is one of those best things. Um, companion planting is one of those best measures when you get it dialed in and you get it right. The second group would actually be garlic and beans. Now, our second plant combination to avoid is garlic and beans because the garlic is a natural pest repellent and can benefit some plants but it can also release chemicals into the soil that inhibit the growth of the beans and this can lead to poor germination stunted growth and lower yields for the beans so garlic is also a heavy feeder and can compete with the beans for nutrients especially the nitrogen now to prevent these issues it's really best to plant garlic and beans separately or with other plants that can thrive in their presence. For example, garlic does well with roses, cucumbers, and peas, while beans can benefit from carrots, beets, and potatoes. Now by choosing the right companions and avoiding incompatible ones, you can boost your garden's biodiversity and the health. So, and then obviously by doing that, you're gonna reduce the need for chemical inputs. All right, now our third combination to avoid is cucumbers and potatoes. You'd think, well, why cucumbers and potatoes? Potatoes grow underground, cucumbers grow above ground. But I'm going to tell you, while these plants may seem like a good match, they actually have conflicting growth habits and nutrient needs. The cucumbers are heavy feeders and can quickly deplete the soil of the nutrients that the potatoes would need, especially the nitrogen. So that's a situation where that combination would definitely do way more harm to the potatoes. Um, you see, we want to avoid that. And in addition, potatoes can attract pests such as the Colorado potato beetle, i.e. my nemesis. I did a whole YouTube video on it last year. Um, they've wiped out potatoes several times. <laughs> we actually end up still getting a harvest. It's just the yield's a lot less, it seems like. But you don't want those Colorado potato beetles going over and wiping out all of your cucumbers, which can definitely happen. Um, they aren't partial to potatoes. Um, so planting these two crops together can lead to decreased yields, increased pest problems, and poor soil health. It's kind of like a triple threat, right? So those two you definitely want to keep apart. Do not plant your potatoes um, close to your cucumbers at all if you can at all help it. 
and I would suggest, like, as far as growing in beds like I grow, even I won't grow potatoes in a bed next to my cucumbers or next to my tomatoes. It's I'll spread them out, usually in a completely separate uh, block of beds. But if you don't have that much space, try to keep as much space between them as possible. So again, to, do, to avoid these issues, it's really best to plant cucumbers and potatoes separately or with other plants that can complement their growth and habits and soil needs, which I always companion plant cucumbers, but not with potatoes. For example, cucumbers do well with corn, peas, beans. Um, I'll grow radishes and green onions underneath them. I'll grow spinach and lettuce underneath them. While potatoes can actually benefit from marigolds and beans and radishes. So by choosing compatible companions and rotating your crops each year, you can improve your garden's productivity, health, and the resilience. Now our fourth plant combination to avoid is onions and peas. A lot like the garlic and beans. While onions are a natural pest repellent and can benefit some plants, they can also release chemicals into the soil that inhibit the growth of the peas. So you really want to avoid, um, for all the same reasons as the garlic and beans, you don't want to plant onions and peas together. Now the fifth combination is mint and anything else. Mint will spread like wildfire and pretty much take over any area that you grow it in. So, how, However, we do grow mint, but we grow it by itself or we grow it in its own little corner of our herb garden. Um, in a raised little, a little contained raised bed garden. So um, mint would be the fifth one with pretty much anything else. It's not a great combination. Now, while we've covered five plant combinations to avoid in companion planting, there's still a few more that are worth mentioning, really. Now, the first combination to avoid is planting melons and squash together. Now, I'm a little bit torn on this because... If you look this up, you know, these two plants are prone to the same disease and pests. And planting them together can create a breeding ground for these problems, so it's really best to plant them in different areas of the garden. That being said, for myself personally, I don't grow these on the ground. And I think this is a much bigger problem, growing these on the ground. I actually grow on a 50-foot um, long melon tunnel, trellis. And by keeping them up off the ground, I can regulate the airflow um, and the past is a heck of a lot easier. So while I do do that, I'm still going to tell you it's probably not the best practice. So this will probably be one of those situations where do as I say, not as I do, maybe. Um, I don't know. That's still up for experiment a little bit. I'm still running with that idea. I haven't had any big issues with it so far. Um, I did the same thing last year. We're going to try that again this season. Um, and just see, I don't need quite as many melons as a 50-foot row will produce. So I'm going to try to mix in some of my winter squash because um, they will also climb up there. I did that last year. It worked great. We're going to do that again this year. Um, and just kind of continue the experiment, and then I will report back to you. But for now, I'll say that's probably not the best thing to do. <laughs> but I do always say experiment, experiment, experiment. And you got to do what's right for you in your context. Now, the second combination to avoid is planting corn and tomatoes together. Now, these two plants are often touted as good companions, um, but they both require a lot of nutrients. 
and can definitely deplete the soil of the essential minerals. And this can result in reduced growth and yield for both the plants. Now the third and final combination to avoid is planting strawberries and cabbage together. Cabbage, as well as most other members of the brassica family, will release chemicals into the soil that can harm the roots of the strawberry plants. So this will result in poor growth and reduced yield for the strawberries. So it's just best to plant them in a different area of the garden, um, at least a few feet apart. For me, I have my strawberries planted actually out of the garden in a completely different area of the farm. Now, while we've discussed some of the problems that can arise from planting certain plants together, it's also important to remember that companion planting does have many, many, many benefits. So I don't want this episode to scare you away. Um, so let's just kind of go over some of the benefits that we've talked about in the previous episode. Um, because the more you hear them, the more you'll remember them, and the more you will be able to utilize them. So one of the biggest, first and foremost, uh, benefits is improving soil health and fertility and that's a biggie when it comes to farming and gardening year after year um, you really you want to keep building that not taking away when it comes to your soil health your soil health should be better by year two three four and five not not worse and depleted if you're doing things right so the second big benefit is attracting beneficial insects and pollinators um, those are your workers. Those are the things that make everything happen, really, um, when it comes to the, the productivity and the yield in your garden. So, so that's a huge benefit to companion planting. The, the third benefit kind of goes hand in hand, and that's repelling harmful insects and pests. Um, I was just having a conversation last night about this, and that's, you know, when you grow in a monoculture, just growing one crop, if you have a pest come in for that crop, it wipes out your entire crop and it attracts much many more of that insect of that pest by companion planting and having a variety of plants together um, you, you definitely deter that situation from happening the fourth and really the reason I first started really diving into companion planting um, here in the market garden was to maximize space in the garden which is ultimately going to increase the overall productivity and the yield of the veggies of the food that we're growing and allow us to do what we ultimately want to do and that's feed more people um, so before we wrap up today's episode here are just a few more tips to make your companion planting journey go a little bit more successful hopefully consider the growth habits of each plant and make sure they're compatible in terms of height spread and root systems Second, avoid planting plants from the same families together as they may be susceptible to the same diseases and pests. Try to avoid those monocultures. Third, plant in groups or clusters um, rather than, than just in rows. If you have an open garden, I plant with, in these 30-inch garden beds, so I do do them in rows to really maximize my space, um, but I do three of them in the bed, so it's just one big clump pretty much. Plant in cl groups, clusters. Um, and that'll encourage the healthy plant growth and discourage the pests. Now, don't be afraid to try new combinations of plants and to experiment. Know some of them are going to go great, some of them won't, but that's how you're going to learn. You know, try different plant spacing and plant arrangements. Now, I really hope you're enjoying this series on companion planting. I'm hoping you're learning something about companion planting and some of the combinations to avoid, um, as well as the ones uh, that work and will work well for you in your context. 
you know, remember that successful companion planting is all about choosing the right plants to pair together and taking care to provide them with the proper growing conditions. We've got a bunch more to come. We're going to dive next week into our series all about designing and planning your first garden. I know there's a lot of new gardeners that are following along and I want to give you guys some great tips um, some great tips to try to get that plan put together as it is time to start getting things getting things rolling for the season. So I've got a whole bunch of stuff to cover in that episode, so be sure to stay tuned for that. And we'll also be diving back into companion planning down the road here in another week or two. Um, we're kind of bounce, I'm going to bounce back and forth, I think, between companion planning and planning out your first garden here for the next the next month probably we're also going to be doing some episodes on seed starting and soil prep and all the good stuff we'll be bringing some guests onto the show hopefully here within the next few weeks i just want to get some of these solo shows out of the way get you guys some actual solid tips and tricks and tactics and hacks to get your garden started um, to get your productivity up this year so you guys can grow more food feed more people if you haven't checked it out yet, jump over to the YouTube channel, Growing Food and Feeding People at Simplistic Farms. Um, we've got videos coming out every week over there. We are covering companion planting over there as well. It's just we can't dive quite as deep over there as we can here on the podcast, which is great. I know this is where this is where the people that really want to dive deep on the information, get a little nerdy, get specifics. Um, that's we can do that over here. So, but be sure to check out the channel over there. We got some great stuff happening. And from everybody here at Simplistic Farms, I cannot thank you enough for joining us on this journey. We are going full force with Project Feed Your Neighbor this year. I have opened up a few consulting spots to get that going. And uh, yeah, things are getting exciting. So until next week, try and be more like a scarecrow outstanding in his field. <laughs> Hopefully you have been inspired or entertained, learned something or laughed. I truly hope you're enjoying the podcast, and as always, I cannot thank you enough for tuning in and joining me every week. If you'd like to continue the conversation, we can chat over on Facebook at Simplistic Farms LLC, or you can send us a comment over there on YouTube at Simple and Easy Simplistic Farms. And of course, you can listen to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast on all of the platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts at, you can find us there. If you'd like to support the show or get involved in Project Feed Your Neighbor, there is a link down in the show notes, or you can find us over on patreon.com at patreon slash simplisticfarms. We hope you have a great week. Make somebody smile. We'll talk to you on the next one.